So, Harry. Yeah. If you discovered that the world was about to end, mm-hmm. but you were somehow chosen among the lucky few to get onto an arc and, you know, start the next chapter of civilization. Sure, sure. What one piece of art, it could be a book, it could be a play, it could be an album, it could be a painting, it could be anything. What one piece of art would you rescue? Could it be a podcast? Is this, this podcast? Art? Is this art? I mean, that's the question we've been asking ourselves for five years. I guess the history will judge us. Because I would like to choose this podcast. You'd like, to, like to choose keep, Beyond the Box Set. You'd like to keep... Oh, that's nice. Although I guess that's like, as the only surviving podcast. That's so what I mean. So Imagine. no one has any choice to listen to anything else. Yeah, think of how popular we'd be. Or that how much true. everyone would hate us. True, yeah. But uh, either way, we'd be the number one podcast. Sure, think of the Patreons. One out of one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> First in a field of one. <laughs> our best shot at success. Love it. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to 2012. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing other sequel pitches from our Twitter followers. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moment, favourite moments. Favourite moments? <laughs> I love the cows in this movie. And nearly said movie moments, which also works. Movie, also works. So I just, just needed to style it out a yeah. bit. Yeah. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite movie moments okay. and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most limo driving skills you've driven a limo no but how hard can it be <laughs> you can't have skills and something you've literally never done <laughs> it looks pretty easy in this film you can literally drive it through a building okay fine potential you've got those limo driving potential well more than you anyway and joining me as always the host with the most chance of affording one of those billion euro tickets it's john lucas oh sure yeah i've squirreled some cash away i just can't wait for the apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so 2012 yes um one of the, uh, you know, one of the more recent, like, end-of-the-world movies that, that, that there have been. I know it's, like, 2009, yeah. but how many have there actually been since? I feel like they're not really as trendy anymore. No, they're not. They're probably cutting a bit too close there to the bone these Greenland days. Greenland the, the other year. Yeah, that's true. There was that one, yeah. Um, but it's not quite It's not quite this. I like, wonder if maybe it's had, because like... there's no new Roland Emmerich. Maybe. Or maybe just Marvel films have just, like, totally taken whatever yeah, but audience. Ve- well, they're very rarely end-of-the-world. No, that's what I mean, but the, it, instead I, of end-of-the-world movies, we have Marvel I, films now. And I mean movies where, like, the world practically ends, yeah. rather than, like, the heroes save the day. Like, mm. Day After Tomorrow, sure, or Independence Day, or this, you know, there is so much destruction that, like, you, you refer to it as the new world afterwards, don't you? Yeah. So, yeah, like, they're, they're just gone, really. Yeah, last week, I guess Greenland last year. I think they've been replaced by franchise movies. Yeah. And a lot of the recent ones haven't done that. I don't think Greenland made a lot of money, did it? Oh, it's getting a sequel. Is it? Okay, I guess I guess it did. Yeah, and I'm intrigued to know what. Sure. <laughs> <clears throat> well, it's like all there was a they left it open, didn't they? Didn't they step out into a brave? In fact, it has the exact same end as this fucking movie. Yeah, it does. And this is my okay. This is my problem with this film. <laughs> Here we go. It has literally the same ending. This is my problem. So, is this our third Roland Emmerich movie or our second? We did. We, we well, we did Independence Day as a bonus episode because we never did it as a main episode no it's got an ep- it's got a sequel oh so it does you're right okay yeah. um terrible terrible sequel that you watched without me asking oh yeah <laughs> very entertaining actually <laughs> um and then of course day after tomorrow yeah true um, which i would say is one one of his one of his classics 
Well, here's the thing. Yeah, the problem with doing multiple movies like this on this show is that they're all the same movie. They're all <laughs> literally the same movie. Like, there were moments in this film that I enjoyed, don't get me wrong. Some yeah. parts were very silly, and, you know, yeah. we'll talk about some highlights, I'm sure. So there was some good performance, mm-hmm. some, some less good performances, some mm-hmm. performances I would describe as completely phoned in. <laughs> <laughs> John Cusack was just dead behind the eyes this entire movie, yeah, just like yeah, counting yeah. cash in his the back of his brain. Yep. But yeah, no, no, it's not that this movie was like so much worse than any of the other ones, particularly. No. It's just the same film. It is. With every same plot beat. But do you know what's great? What? There's another Roland Emmerich film coming out next year. Is it what was that one? Is it another end of world? I'm well, assuming. Let's see if you can guess what it's about. Um it's called The End of the World. It's called Moonfall. Moonfall. Is the moon falling? Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who's starring in Moonfall? Halle Berry. Okay. And somebody else who I don't know. Okay. Uh, is Halle Berry going to have stuff to do? Don't know. Is she like Maybe. the lead? It, it's her. Um, oh, what is that? I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. But it the the trailer makes it look like it's the two of them are the leads. Okay. Patrick Wilson. Oh, him. That's a weird cast for a big... Yeah, yeah. he's just like a guy who's just in things. Like he's... Yeah, and Halle Berry's not been in a hit in a while. No. That seems he... like a strange... Well, I suppose you don't really need stars in these things. I mean, you, you need someone recognisable, but they sell themselves. So I guess that works. Fine. Yeah. 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 Although I'm, inter- in, I'm... I say interested, I'm not really, but I'm vaguely interested <laughs> if Halle Berry gets like a leading role because one problem I had with this majorly, and I think I had the same problem with Day After Tomorrow as I remember, is none of the women have anything to do. No. It's a very male-oriented film. Mm-hmm. Like Amanda Peet has no agency in this film. She's just who's, there. Who's this? She's the the mom. Right. Yeah. The, you know what? She's the who else would I be talking about? Yeah. There's the mom and there's the Russian prostitute. Yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. much all the female characters in this movie, and neither of them have much. Age. They don't really do anything. Amanda Peet literally does nothing. She just follows. Mm-hmm. There's a really there's a scene that might really... be a knockoff German prime minister or something. Oh yeah, there is. Oh yeah, the and the, the Angela the Angela Merkel character yeah, with, with that. You, yeah. That accent. So. I, uh, I I I loved all the knockoff politicians. Like the, not Vladimir Putin was my favorite. Yeah, no, they were quite fun. Yeah, because they were all clearly by, played by American actors, just doing mm. the most, <laughs> the mo- the most hammy accent you've ever heard in your life. Like, yeah, yeah. I believe I could also speak for the Italian premise. No, you can't. Why? <laughs> the premise of Germany. What have you got to do with Italy? You can't yeah. decide what Germany does. Italy does <laughs> madness. Yeah, no, it's just, it, 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 there's a real problem. There was, there was a moment in this film that encapsulated this for me when Gordon, the stepdad. Sure, yeah. You, you've not watched this movie. You watched this movie like a week ago, didn't you? We've delayed this a few times. Uh, no, I, I, I remember the movie well enough, but I'm not so familiar on the character names. No, no, the character names don't matter. And some of the actor names, to be honest. So just That's the stepdad. Fine. No, no, do. yeah, the stepdad, yeah. He come, when they're in the... Actually, no, they do say his name a lot, don't they? His name is Gordon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that does come up quite a lot. Yeah. But yeah, the, he comes up. It's when they're on the plane, I think, mm. when they're flying over to Russia. Yeah. And they're like, you know, it's all very life and death and whatever. And then he comes down very, very serious from the flight deck and he goes, guys, we need, to, I need to tell you something. Mm. And it's John Cusack go up, goes up and the Russian billionaire goes up. And mm. at no point is there any, any possibility that Amanda Pete might want to join this conversation. Yeah. I, know, I noticed this as well. It was just kind of expected. Like, just like oh, the you, guy, will, you yeah. stay with the children. Men are talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she literally does. Men are talking, sweetie. Calm down. She literally does nothing. Yeah. It's, yeah. So I'm interested to see a version in which the women have something to do. Maybe, yeah, it's a low bar, but yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like this was it. This was fine. It was too long. Yeah, it was so unnecessarily long. Yeah, I I watched it in two halves. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it took a break of like an hour or something. Sure, yeah. Um, I could go for an intermission for this kind of movies, but in the cinemas, to be honest. Like, well, the second half, nothing happens. That's the other thing. The first half, like, I was like, I'm really enjoying this. This is silly nonsense. So action-packed. And like, the second it, half they, is it gives so you boring. Any breathing yeah. time. But yeah, the second half is just talking and politics and... Occasional changes of location. Yeah, it is yeah. so boring. Yeah. And then it just becomes Titanic. Yeah. It just I mean, literally yeah, yeah. becomes Titanic. Yeah, like, the, like the, the closing action sequence, it's not very memorable. No. It's not very exciting. It's not particularly good. Um, but it is Titanic. To an extent, yeah. It's pr- it's yeah. it's got all the, the it's all the same stuff. They're down in the... Well, I mean, they're in the bowels of the ship. They're in the stocks, like, yeah. They're essentially in steerage, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're having to run... It's, it's flooding. They're yeah. drowning. They're having to swim long distances. There's and... even you get, the, you get the same shots of like background characters getting swept away by the water <laughs> as it comes in like yeah yeah, yeah. and they're gonna crash into like an iceberg or, or basically a or yes or a, a mega tsunami whatever it is it's all the same yeah. yeah yeah this movie does not there's no earthly reason why this film needed to be almost three hours long yeah at I, all. I normally say like this could do with being a half hour shorter to most movies yeah but this one could probably do with being about 45 minutes to an hour shorter i, I could easily trim an hour because I, 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 there's not really much i'd trim out the first half yeah because Otherwise, it would just be solid action all the way, and that would be a bit too intense. I think it gives you just the right amount of breathing room at the start. Okay, well, really develop develop those characters that you care so much about. I don't care about developing the characters so much, <laughs> but uh, you know, just like in, instead of like they escape from LA and then immediately a volcano goes off. Sure, like, it would be a bit. Isn't much. that basically like, what happens? Well, now they go and have a big old chit chat with Woody Harrelson first. Oh yeah, sure. I see what you mean. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'd, I'd argue that it's pretty full on. Mm. I don't think more than 10 minutes goes by without some city being destroyed. Mm, yeah. From the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But also, that is what I'm here for. I, I mean, it is. That's, 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 what you, that's what you pay for. So yeah. that's, I'm, yeah, I'm not expecting deep character work in these films. No. I also, I would, I would advise that we don't do a scene by scene plot description because <laughs> there's no point. No. And also, it's very repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, I think we should just focus on like highlights and characters. So for, I'm, well, I, I'm going to try and go through it, but my plot plot descriptions are never scene by scene. Okay, sure. Um, yeah. Well, I was going to say you could start by explaining to me what's the premise of this movie because I wasn't entirely clear on the like the actual what's going on. Okay, so we start off with Chotel Four goes mm-hmm. to India. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. I think one of his scientist colleagues is called in there, just like, "Hey, come and see this. I need to show you something that yeah. I can't tell you." Um, yeah, everything has to be shown. Yeah, everything yeah. has to be shown. Like, there's so much of this. Like, yeah, drink for that. <laughs> drink when an email would have sufficed yeah, yeah saved yeah, a yeah. lot of air miles yeah and yeah he goes down to the very bottom of this mine extremely deep mine for whatever reason and then there's an even deeper hole at the bottom of this mine that just has lots of water in it for whatever reason and the water is boiling mm-hmm. it's like oh, why is the water hot oh my god what's happening and then they look at the sun or whatever through a telescope and they find that there's like extra radiation solar or flares i think was Some, the phrase they used yeah. sure yeah something essentially the planet is being microwaved sure it's heating up from the inside okay and when things get hotter the pressure builds and it just needs to burst okay so all the tectonic plates are gonna move about it's gonna be major earthquakes volcanoes and all kinds of shit like that mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happens yeah so here's my first problem yeah so i mean regardless of the the, the I'm not going to dwell too much on the science because who cares? Yep. You know, we know that these films aren't scientifically accurate. Yeah. But this film was called 2012. Yes. And it was very much, because I hadn't seen this before, but my understanding of it was very much that it's marked as a, you know, it came out in 2009. Mm-hmm. It's all about like the Mayan mm-hmm. predictions that went around that 2012 would be the year of the end of the earth and all this kind of stuff. But yeah. there's nothing supernatural in this film. Nah. 
it's not it, it could this could have happened theoretically at any time there's one throwaway line that i think someone says like oh the mayans predicted this years ago they're better than us scientists or something yeah but like other than that this film is not about like a supernatural world ending like oh my god the predictions were true and the thing that's weird is that well, i don't know about everybody but i feel like we we all knew that it wasn't just 2012 it was december 21st yeah yeah, 2012. yeah. um yeah if this had been a and, christmas movie yeah and like so just make it, like even say it at the start of this movie, like the minds predict that the world's going to end on the 21st of December, 2012. Yeah. And then it's never set in winter. In fact, yeah. there's even a throwaway line like, oh, they've decided not to do the London Olympics this year. Mm-hmm. Like that's a summer Olympics. <laughs> so it's, so it's pre-summer the, right the, now. The, the, the whole Mayan thing, just apart from that one throwaway line, is just not a factor in this film. No. And, and, it, and that's what it was based on. Yeah. But also it's like, I mean, like, it's not like all these films necessarily need to have like a clear villain. But even stuff like Armageddon, mm-hmm. you know, it, the, the villain is an asteroid, but it's, it gives you like, you know, <laughs> but it is, the villain is an asteroid. The greatest but, villain of them all. Yeah, you know, nature, but whatever. It's like, <laughs> but in this one, it's just like, oh, here's this thing that's happening. Just deal with it. Yeah. Like, it's not like, there's no hope. No. There's no hope in this film. It's not like, oh, we can maybe stop this or, you know, it's just like, well, this is happening because reasons. Yeah. And there we are. Yeah. It's, it, 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 I don't know. It's not very compelling to me. Well, I guess it would have become a bit too much like Armageddon or Deep Impact True, if, it, yeah. if it became like that, if it was if trying to avert a major natural disaster mm-hmm. and, you know, instead it came a bit more Greenland. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, shit's going to go down and we can't stop it. So let's just try and survive. Yeah, sure. But the, the, uh, and by we, we mean John Cusack and his family. Yeah. Who were just picked arbitrarily, it seems like. Well, they weren't picked. No, no. I mean, they're picked to be the focus of this film, arbitrarily. Oh, right. yes. Like it's like there's no reason at any point why they given why they we should care about them. Well, they get all the coincidences. Well, well they do get all the coincidences. Yeah. But like, <laughs> why do we care about them more than any other family on earth? It's just like because. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, there's there's a few at the start after Schultzleider Ford discovers that the you know the world's going to end. There's a few little time jumps of him like working his way up through politics and mm-hmm. telling everybody he or, works for the White House. Yeah. And at one point, the president, played by Danny Glover, Danny Glover, takes. Well, he, he has a, a, a G eight meeting, meeting of like the eight, <laughs> where he says, "Leave your translator. Your translator should leave the room. Don't worry. You, you won't need. You, you won't need them to understand what I'm about to say." Yeah, and then he uses loads of big, complex words mm-hmm. to talk about the end of the world. And this and, is the kind of and, thing and, that and, really and, you don't want to mistranslate. And no, Very and, important and information. At no point that politician's like, "Sorry, what?" Yeah. Did you? I'm not sure if I. I don't think I understood you right. What you said sounds ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why would you say you translate? Sorry, the, the Earth's being microwaved and we're all gonna die. Yeah. No, no. I need my translator for this. I'm not getting this. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want knock off Angela Merkel to be like, well, he said something about heating up. I don't know. Maybe he's going on holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good morning. I would like to meet privately with my fellow heads of state. Theostash. Mr. Makarenko wishes to have his interpreters present. Mr. President, I can assure you your English is more than sufficient for what I have to say. So, yeah, that's, uh, that happens. And, yeah, it's a few time jumps, and then it gets to 2012, and then it introduces us to John Cusack. Mm-hmm. Um, he is asleep in bed. His alarm's going off. So He's a he deadbeat is, dad. He is awful mm-hmm. and does he learn any lessons in this film no he gets his wife back because he watches her new husband die the most <laughs> horrific death imaginable so harsh yeah um he's just like oh no i couldn't reach you oh well 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that stepdad is like... He, he's the hero of this film. He's the hero of this film. He does so well. He's a bit of a dick towards John Cusack at but the start. But not really. But, yeah, not massively a dick. Yeah. And I think it's just like, you're not such a good dad to your kids, and your kids deserve a good dad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that sounds really harsh. But then we find out that it's basically true. Yeah, because the kids like him. Dad. The kids like him better. Yeah. He saves them multiple times with his plane flying skills. Yeah. Like, you know, which he really adapts. He says very early on, oh, I've flown one single engine airplane. I've had a few lessons. Yeah. I'm not a qualified pilot. By the end, he is flying these massive yep. Boeing 747 style, you know, planes. Yeah. Yeah. He's truly the hero of this movie. And he gets such an, oh, I know we're jumping around the, the plot, but who cares? Mm. He gets such a horrible yet immediately dismissed to death. Yeah. It's a horrendous death. No, And, and then he's and never like, spoken of again. Like his death doesn't mean anything. No. It's not like he died saving them. Or That's something. what I mean. It's which, so inconsequential. Which, yeah. yeah. He doesn't sacrifice himself for the family. He's just like, oh, whoops, I fell into the machine. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And then he's never spoken of again. Amanda Peet yeah. could not care less. Yeah, yeah. it's bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely bizarre. It's just because, oh, we, the, we need this movie to end. Because I think... Main Denver, character needs to have a happy He needs after. to get back with his wife, so you need to die, mate. You need, mm. you're, 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 you're in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mean. Yeah, I know. If, I it, if it was forgotten. like... I'm, I'm going to go and do this thing so that we close the door, stop all the water coming in. Mm. But like tell the kids I love them, treat them well, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. I kind of thought it was going to be that John Cusack was going to sacrifice himself because that would have been like, you know, an ending. Yeah. But no, not at all. He, not he, he, just, he just, no, he just drags himself. Every time it seems like he's down, mm. he pulls himself back up from literally the center of the earth at one point. Yeah. <laughs> he pulls himself back up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he is a limo driver. Yes. Um, he drives around rich people. Yeah. Um, but this weekend, he's going on a weekend away. Well, he's a kids. failed author who wrote a book that sold about 400 copies. Oh, yeah. which mi- one of which miraculously fell into the hands of this guy who works for the White House. Yes. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yes. Played by Chiwetel Ejiofor. Uh, but yeah, he's a failed author who's now working as a limo driver for a Russian, a, a comically over-the-top Russian mm-hmm. billionaire really called Yuri. Oh, he was one of the most fun characters. so good. And his two Augustus gloop-looking kids, just <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. But we'll probably yeah. get to them, but yeah. Yeah, we will. So uh, he goes to Yellowstone National Park with the kids for mm-hmm. the weekend. It's his weekend with the kids. Yeah. So Is this why you kept whining on about Yellowstone in our Dancing Speak episode? Did you, did you already have this in mind? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay, fine. Because yeah. um, apparently Yellowstone is uh, their special place, mm-hmm. as in his and his ex-wife's special place. Sure. But like, it's a major public tourist spot. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah, everyone, it's, it's everyone. It's place. our secret spot. Yeah. No one else knows about it. <laughs> Very um, off the beaten track, you know, Yellowstone Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so he goes there, but the military are there. and <laughs> He just blithely, with his two very small, vulnerable children, mm-hmm. just he sees this big sign that says, by order of the government, stay out. And then he, yeah. he just blithely hops over it. Yep. And then sees like this cesspit with like a decomposing deer that looks yeah. like it's been devoured by acid water. <laughs> He's like, okay, let's go and wade in this. Let's go have a look. Yeah. Like, so irresponsible. Yeah. It's so in the army, um, they, they come and they pick him up and they're like, what the hell are you doing here? I think they're too nice to him. They're just like, yeah, you need to leave. This is a prep. They're not like, get the hell out of here. Why did you jump the sign? They're just like, oh no, sorry, mate. We're closed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yellowstone's closed. Yeah. In fact, they're not even like that. They're like, oh, we'll take you to like this, this, this guy yeah, who works tr- at the White House and you can have a whole conversation. They're like a cup of tea. Yeah. A five-star hotel. Not like- for the first time. I was like, hmm, if this character was black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. this was Chiwetel. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so they bump into with Elijah Four, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, oh, "You're the guy who wrote that book that I'm reading. That awful, awful book." How did this book? It's not like he's they've got any prior connection. I mean, it's coincidence number one. Yeah, this book that they they say multiple times sold less than five hundred copies in a country the size of America. How did mm-hmm. and how it fell into the hands of Chiwetel? We never find out. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't know. Apparently, it's a great book though, filled with really like inspiring words. <laughs> He does actually read quotes from it, doesn't he? And they're all so hackneyed and over. It's just like <laughs> the day we stop fighting is the day we truly lose our humanity. Like it's all it's all just platitudes. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like a self help author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, Shotel's like, oh yeah, cool. So uh, you should probably go. It's not it's not good here, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you should go. Um, and Chiwetel's trying to work out if shit is about to go down because yeah. that's what the government has asked him to do. But he's he already, Chiwetel already knows that the world is going to end soon. Yeah, it's it, a matter of when. Yes. In the meantime, the well, we'll get to it. But the the, the governments have been building these arcs over in the Himalayas. Yes. Um, so they've been doing disguised as like dam building. Y- yeah. Things. So yeah. they've been doing that for years, but uh, they need Chiwetel to tell them when exactly they need to be ready for mm-hmm. and he finds out maybe about 10 minutes before it all starts happening. Yeah. Luckily, everything is built and ready. Yeah, so that's ready to go. Sure. <laughs> so that was great. Um, but yeah, Drunk Yusek gets back to uh, LA, I think. Is that LA maybe? I think so, sure. Yeah. yeah. It's not around for a lot very long, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Sorry, yeah. There's a there's a small earthquake. Well, uh, it's actually, constant, a, 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 like... actually quite a large earthquake yeah. um, happens to the mum and the stepdad when they're in a shopping shopping. Oh, dear God. I mean, th- this this sparks one of my most prolific drinking games for this film is yeah. drink when the dialogue is so on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think he says something like, I just feel like there's something coming between us. Oh, God. It was so, <laughs> so Or something pulling us apart and then literally the <laughs> earth pulls them apart. Like. <laughs> Oh. And they don't even acknowledge that that was a weird frame for him to say at that moment. No, like, no, no. The writers probably thought like, we've got it we've here. Nailed, nailed is, it. Nailed got it. it. Yeah. Got it. Let's have a million pounds each. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, listen, we have to keep working at this. Our relationship. I mean, I don't know, honey. I just feel like there's something pulling us apart. So yeah, that, that happens, and the mum calls up John Cusack, and she's like, "Yeah, you should bring the kids back. I'm, I, I would really like to see them." Yeah, um, I so, think as at this point he's already met uh, the best character in this movie, though, Woody Harrelson. Well, yes, because he meets him while he's camping, right? I think this might be my favorite Woody Harrelson role. I mean, he's great. Yeah, he knows exactly what he's in. Yeah, yes, he does. He's like John. It's like two different sides of the I know I'm in a bad movie spectrum. John mm-hmm. Cusack is just checked out and barely making an effort. Mm-hmm. Like he really annoyed me by how much he was obviously just phoning it in. Yeah. Um, and I saw interviews he did. He's famously quite a grumpy guy. And I, he, he did some interviews in this film where he was just literally just like, yeah, whatever. Like he wasn't even, he never even pretended. Like he just really couldn't, <laughs> at, at no point did he even pretend. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like a bit Bruce Willisy like that. Woody, on the other hand, is just, yeah, he's just having such a good time. Yeah. So, so he's playing a conspiracy theorist. Yes. But like a mad conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. but he's bang on the money. He's, he's got the, the swiveling eyes and the, yeah. Yeah. The stench of weed and yeah. yeah. He's a radio DJ with amazing coverage. Yeah. Because he's like a pirate radio. He's broadcasting from a a shack mm-hmm. in the woods in Yellowstone Park. Mm-hmm. And yet he's all over the world, crystal clear. Yeah. Like unbelievable coverage. He's, he's better than the BBC. <laughs> he's got more coverage than the BBC. At one point, John Cusack's listening to him in his limo. He just turns the dial on his limo mm-hmm. and is listening to radio Woody Harrelson, crazy guy in a shack. Like, mm-hmm. Which again, is, FM. I'm going to say is another coincidence. Like why on earth would, would John, John Cusack put him onto that? Yeah. 
But anyway, so Woody Harrelson, he knows exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that the government's covering it all up. You know, it's yeah. classic conspiracy stuff, but it's all actually true. Mm. Yeah. He's so. also quite excited about it. Yes. Like he he's very much here for the end of the world. Like he wants yeah, to like, yeah, get yeah. in the front row seats. Yeah. And like he claims, well, so this becomes important. He claims that he knows what the plan is and that he's got yeah. a map as to where, yeah. like, where it, everyone's going to go. This is stuff. like where it makes a vague effort to tie this plot in with the Chiwetel Elijah 4 plot as well, because... There's, a, there's another subplot with the president's daughter, played by Tanti Newton, who also gets nothing to do in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, where she is working with a... She's helping to, like, ha- replace all of the famous paintings. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, because the, the originals are being taken on board this arc or something. Yeah. Uh, and then the guy she's working with ends up getting blown up in the tower... Mm-hmm. Uh, no, in the tunnel, in the Channel Tunnel. Yeah. And it's that weird news report. It's like, coincidentally, this is exactly where Princess Diana died. Yeah. <laughs> why, why would you lead with that? <laughs> But um, yeah, anyone who sees through, anyone who like whistleblows on this government conspiracy about the the coming apocalypse mm-hmm. is basically getting assassinated by the American government. Mm-hmm. And Woody Harrelson is in on is not in on it, but he knows about it, and he's that's his conspiracy theory. Yeah, which is again true. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, then uh, John Cusack goes back to L.A. because the wife experienced a small earthquake. Well, mm-hmm. a major earthquake, but small relatively to this film. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then the major earthquake kicks in. Yes, which is great. This is a good scene. Yeah, it's inc- the, the the car chase that so yeah the, the house just like collapses and mm-hmm. so it's it's John Cusack, Amanda Peet, their two horrible children, mm-hmm. and Gordon, the plastic surgeon slash stepfather, <laughs> stepdad. Yep. They're all in this car, and this is like a fifteen minute scene. I think mm-hmm. just look, of them driving through LA as LA fully like mm-hmm. collapses in on itself. Yeah. It, it was very obviously... I mean, this whole movie's shot on a stage, but there's so much... It was just like John Cusack going, vroom, 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 vroom. <laughs> and the kids are just like, oh my God, we're so scared. Not in seatbelts, not being flung from side to side. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which was crazy because like the first thing that that car does is knock off its side door. Yeah. I'm like, get those kids away from that open door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they could so easily fall out and you do not have the time to stop and pick someone up. I feel like that door comes back again miraculously. I can't. Does, I, I didn't yeah. really watch it, but yeah. like, yeah. But yeah, it's great. There's highways falling over. There's skyscrapers collapsing on top of them. And then like, there's one point where they drive through a collapsing skyscraper. Yeah. I can swear it was collapsing in slow motion. Of course it was. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Otherwise they would have been killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think would have gone through his mind at that point when, like, oh, like, I can't drive on the highway because that's just fallen over. All the roads are cracking. Oh, there's a skyscraper falling over there. You know what? I'll drive through that. That'll look, yeah, nothing. There was no reason <laughs> to do that. It was like, I don't know. They, they didn't really explain why he, he felt the need to do that. Was yeah. like, okay, sure. That, that'll be a good shot. But. Yeah. Yeah. But it really did tickle me how it, it, it was, it looked, the inti- like the exterior shots, the, the 3D is pretty decent, or the, the CGI is pretty decent. Yeah. It, it looks pretty, you know, dead on. But all the scenes, interior car, it looked like they were playing one of those video games that yeah, you get in like a bowling alley, just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. Um, so he drives him to the airfield where he has previously uh, traded his watch for a pilot to fly for, him out for a there. plane sure yeah the pilot has um inconveniently died mm-hmm. so john cusack takes his watch back yeah feels a bit wrong but i don't really know Lit- why grave robbing sure yeah yeah um and uh, they're like oh god who, who who can fly the plane and they're like gordon you've 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 flown a plane once you fly it and he's like i don't know what to do but he he, he, he gordon pulls through gordon yeah. pulls his weight yeah i mean they do also make flying a plane look really simple because like gordon's working on his checklist yeah 
but then they look behind and they see the runway is going. So drunk Usat just reaches ahead and just like pushes the just lever, like punch it, yeah, and that's it, yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they take off. The takeoff's a bit ropey because they like they fall down initially, and so they've got to dodge like subway cars. How many times did they do they, that shot of like, oh, we're, we're gonna make it, we're gonna make it, we're gonna make it? Oh my god, push it further! Oh, we made it. Like at least twice in this movie. Oh, at least tw- twice in <laughs> the first hour, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they make it out of LA mm-hmm. and they turn around to see the, the cover photo of, sorry, the poster for this film, sure, yeah. which is just the city of LA sinking into the ocean, mm-hmm. which was really impressive. Looks pretty decent, yeah. Um, and uh, they decide to fly all the way back to Yellowstone to go and meet up with Woody Harrelson yeah. to go and get that map, which really does not feel like a good place to fly to. <laughs> no. um, I guess what options have they got? I don't know. Yeah. So... Yeah, they go to they go to Yellowstone, meet up with Woody Harrelson. He's actually on top of a on top of a mountain. Yeah. He's just being like, "Yellowstone's about to blow. I'm I'm here to watch it. It's going to be great. I'm broadcasting live." Well, Amanda Peet and pilot, stepdad, plastic surgeon, and the, the awful son they they wait behind the plane, and him junkies like in the door to go and find Woody Harrelson, who is on top of the mountain, mm-hmm. yeah, preparing for the end. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, well, I've got a map. It's in my van. It's in the map section." Um, in the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, between like, like Marilyn Monroe's... It was like in between conspiracy theories. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so John Cusack and his daughter, they run back down the hill, they grab his van, and they drive back to the uh, the runway in yeah. that. Um, meanwhile, Yellowstone erupts. And yeah, and Woody Harrelson is incinerated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this looked pretty good too. It looked pretty good. I was sad when he died because I was like, well, you're the only entertaining character. Yeah. And you've been killed and there's, oh my God, 90 minutes left of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Multiple times I checked, like, oh my god, there's so much left. <laughs> I wish you could see what I'm seeing, people. I wish you could be here with me. Oh, baby. <laughs> Bring it on. Oh, he's a riverboat. You heard it first from Charlie. <laughs> Yes, and so they do manage to make it back to the runway just in time. Like, the back of their van does get hit by a uh, piece of rock, piece, yeah. piece of burning rock, but John Cusack... Well, this is the bit where John Cusack... He hasn't, he hasn't yet fired. So they then get to the runway, and the van kind of crashes into a bit of a crater, and the ground is opening up, and it's like lava and stuff below. Like, it's pretty intense. Mm. Um, John Cus- the, the daughter runs to the plane. She gets there in time. John Cusack, he goes into the back of the van to find the map, and he finds it, and he goes, "Yeah," um, and pauses to celebrate for a little bit. Just so it was t- the map. Was the oh no, he he took the van, didn't he? It, he he took Woody Harrelson's van. Yeah, that's what they it wasn't. Back. By, it wasn't by the plane the whole time. Okay, no. right, sure, yeah. And uh, yeah, just as he's celebrating that he found the map, the van falls into the crack below, or starts slowly falling. Mm-hmm. So they all think that he's dead. They start the plane, and then like one hand comes over yeah. the, uh, the the thing as, as it does. And another hand and it's got the map. And he, he's still got the map, he, yeah. And he gets up and he's running and he's running alongside the plane and he gets in the plane and they take off just in time. Yes, again. Um, <laughs> and uh, as we learned in the Dante's Peak episode, Volcano Ash goes at something like 600 miles an hour or something but not like in this that. movie. Yeah. Not in this movie, no. <laughs> it, go, it, it goes at like just faster than human running pace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they get in the plane and uh, they again fall below the horizon and just take up to, and manage to get above That's it, it just it, in time. It repeats the same beats over and over again. That, that was a big yep. problem I had. Yeah. Yep. And uh, they just managed to outrun the uh, the ash cloud and all the, the central meteorites mm-hmm. from uh, this, this volcano. And 
Then they fly to, I think it's Vegas Airport. It's supposed to be Vegas. Sure. Yeah, they go all, all over. Well, they, they, they realize that they need to get to China and they're like, we're going to need a bigger plane. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I, I guess that's when John Cusack remembers that he knew he was a billionaire. Yeah. Hadn't occurred to him before now. Yes, yeah. because uh, at one point he drops the billionaire and there's two kids off at mm. a plane and they're like, we're going to go on a big ship and you're not allowed and you're going to die. Yeah, those and kids. He, and he's like, oh, it's true. All right. I was very annoyed that these kids survived the movie. Yeah. I really, they kept teasing me that they were going to get killed, but yep. Yep. <laughs> but I'm not sure if this movie had it in it to kill children. These were horrible on, on, children. On screen. Yeah, sure. And also very untalented. Yeah. <laughs> they seemed like they'd won a competition to be in this movie. I'm yeah. sorry, but they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, they go to Vegas airport um, in the hopes, essentially in the hopes to find that Russian person. I think so, yeah. I wasn't like, quite clear on the logic. Imagine here, trying right? to find somebody in an airport yeah. anyway. Let alone, it's the end of the world. Everyone's trying to get on a plane, so the airports are going to be completely overrun. I do agree with you. trying to find someone then. I do agree with you. This guy is quite hard to miss. Yes, but then it's a double coincidence, yeah. because John Cusack manages to find the Russian guy, mm-hmm. and the Russian guy is, hey, my driver, what are you doing here? But That then... was not a good impersonation of that guy's accent. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, Gordon, the stepdad, plastic mm-hmm. surgeon, is like, oh, the Russian's girlfriend. I worked on her breasts. I did your boobs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's a weird coincidence. Did you need a double coincidence there? Yeah, that, that, because that connection doesn't go anywhere. No, like, it doesn't. Him and Tamara don't have some kind of deep, apart from the fact that they both die within 10 minutes of each other, mm. they don't have any kind of deep connection. It's just mm. like, oh yeah, I did her boobs because, sure. Yeah. yeah. There's know. only one plastic surgeon in all of LA, yeah. and it's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the Russian guy, he also has a pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, Sergey. Sexy Sergey. Sergey, yes. And, uh, well, actually, the Russian's plane has already, like, fallen into a crack or something. Mm-hmm. But the pilot's like, I found us a plane. Yeah. Where do you find a plane? Well, they're in an airfield. I know. Well, yeah, I get that. But, like, that's someone's plane. Sure. Can you just steal the plane? Yeah, sure you can. Oh, no, it is, no, it is his plane because it's got all his Bentleys in the back. It's definitely his oh, plane, yeah. yeah. I think they just lost, well, a, they, they lost a co-pilot. That was no, what it no, was. No, they, they, they definitely lost one of their planes because, like, we see them, like... Standing next to a plane that's like half fallen into a crack and the pilot's mm. shaking his head. No, I think it's more and, like the authorities the pilot, won't the, let them go. And then, and, then the, and then the pilot comes back in and says, I found us a plane. I agree because it was all it, it was all his cars. Yeah, so that was definitely just, his plane. Maybe he just had multiple cars. Of course, it, multiple planes. Mul- multiple planes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a billionaire. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a multi-billionaire because we know that he bought He spent at least three billion, were, yeah, on yeah, the tickets. Three, yeah. three billion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So whatever he, they they have a very big plane mm. and it needs a co-pilot and they're like Gordon can fly us and like okay well I guess I'm taking your whole group then yeah. so yeah that's John Cusack's fifteenth coincidence that's managed yeah. to get him out of luck mm-hmm. uh, sorry, that's managed to get him out of trouble trouble thank yeah. you and so they get on this big plane and they fly to China they show they show the map and they fly to China mm-hmm. and they're like okay well we can't quite get to China but we need to re- so we need to refuel in Hawaii or I think Russia, isn't it? No. No? Okay. No. Um, no, you wouldn't. Was that supposed to be Hawaii when they landed in the, like... Well, they didn't, they didn't land on it, but, like, they, they they flew past this island that was completely covered in lava. Well, it's a volcanic island, isn't it? So, sure. No, I mean, when they land in, like, Siberia. No. No, oh, okay. no, no, no that was, that, that, that ended up being, like, China or, or whatever. Okay. So, yeah, they're supposed to refuel in uh, Hawaii, mm-hmm. uh, but Hawaii is destroyed by volcanoes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Should have seen that coming, really. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But what other options do they have? True. Uh, and so they're like, okay, well, we're not going to be able to get all the way there, but we're going to keep going. So they're planning on a water landing and essentially just 
dying in the sea. Sure. And they have to convince their children. They're like, it's all going to be fine. We're going to be fine. And they're lying through their teeth. And everyone's going to die. They're putting on life jackets and all sorts. Why do you put on life jackets? Just end it quickly. I don't know. Nosedive. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I zoned out at this point. I'll yeah, just like, get them to the next part of oh, the this, film. This oh. definitely is the zone out part of the movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, then we get to another... In fact, this is probably the biggest coincidence of them all. The tectonic plates have shifted mm-hmm. by thousands of miles. Uh-huh. So instead of being in the South China Sea, they are now conveniently exactly where they were supposed to be, <laughs> okay. but still with like just enough. So fuel. the Earth has moved to meet them. I think I, yeah, think I missed basi- that detail. Yeah, okay, basically, sure. basically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird. Like the whole thing just lifts right out. You could have yeah. not said that and not said they were low on fuel. And, and cut 45 uh, we, boring ass yeah. minutes out of this movie yeah sure. <laughs> um yeah so that's uh completely inconsequential but yeah so they have to crash land in china uh luckily they find a very big valley um which we can later assume is somewhere in the himalayas mm-hmm. and they kind of skid to a halt in that well everybody gets into one of the cars and drives out the back this, it, this this movie then becomes a just a full on ad for Bentley. Yeah, like it just it literally stops to become an ad for Bentley. Mm-hmm. Like he literally like everybody quiet, engine go now. Yeah, like it's voice activated. Yeah, like, I really if if that, if Yuri the Russian billionaire had then turned to the camera and done like a double thumbs up and be like, <laughs> and be like on sale now, like <laughs> wouldn't have shocked me yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, Jackson, go. Yeah. Go, start. Engine start. Voice control. Sunday on it. God, it was really something. I don't know how they all managed to fit into one car because there's. It's the Bentley. It's so roomy. Well, there's for the whole family. Well, there's John Cusack. Yeah. There's his ex-wife. There's the stepdad. Mm -hmm. There's two kids. Yeah. There's the Russian dad two more kids and the Russian's girlfriend and a small dog. So you've got nine and a half people in there. Had, you know, my dad drives a car that fits more than nine people. He's a chauffeur. He's a taxi driver. Yeah, you can get big cars. Yeah, but not like I'm a fancy Bentley. Are they supposed to only be small Bentleys? I don't it's know. not a minibus. My, my dad's got like a... It's a car, not a bus. I don't know. I feel like Bentleys are big. Isn't that the point of them? The big flashy cars? Uh, they, might, they might be big, but they do not have more than five seats. Okay. Well, I don't know Maybe not about, even more than four. I don't know anything about Bentleys. No. Um, Louise was in one the other day I think it was a Bentley okay. um, and uh, she sent me a text saying I'm sitting next to a fridge okay <laughs> so, well this makes me think there's I, probably I, room for more than five people then well if they took the fridge out yeah anyway so they all managed to pile into this clown car mm-hmm. and uh, they drive out the back of the plane as it's skidding along this yeah. valley sexy Sergei uh, who we've not really talked about but, um, he valiantly sacrificed himself basically yeah another very cruel um, death I thought so their car manages to get out absolutely fine. All the other cars tumble out and yeah. are all completely destroyed, but theirs is just fine. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Yeah. The plane loses both both its wings and then comes to a halt just like at the top of a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sergei's like, oh, I made it! And then he has his Looney Tunes death, Yeah. Um, <laughs> which was so harsh. And really, if he'd have just got up and like just pegged it to the back of the plane. He could have got out, yeah. Yeah. Because he could have done that a little bit earlier on in the crash landing as well. Like, after a while, there's nothing that he can do as the pilot. Mm. He's just in a sledge, essentially. But yeah, the plane goes over the cliff and explodes in a ball of flames and he dies. Yes. But then the main characters, they hear helicopters overhead. Mm -hmm. And they see all these helicopters going over. They're all carrying like 
zoo animals. Oh my god! Like elephants and giraffes and it rhinos. It doesn't feel like it's two of every animal. It just feels like they've taken a fuckload of giraffes. I yeah. Guess. <laughs> yeah. Just like we must save all someone like some billionaire just loves it's like we must save all the giraffes. Yeah. Fuck all the fuck all the like the whales and the sea lions and the you know the rhinos. Just giraffes. Just all giraffes, please. Yep. A whole arc for giraffes. Yep. yep. And the queen. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, they, they they flag down these helicopters. God knows how. Yeah. Um, no, they don't. It's the Tibetans on the on the on the thing, isn't it? No, not yet. Okay. Um, they flag down these helicopters. Uh, one of them comes and lands, and uh, the Russian, oh yeah, and, and the Russian guy is like, "I've got tickets," and uh, he's got three tickets: one for him, one for his, one each for his sons. And one girl- for Tweedledee, one for Tweedledum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the girlfriend's like, "What about me?" And he's like, "No, I knew that you were sleeping with someone else." Like, well, that came out with, of nowhere. With Sergey, yeah. yeah. Oh right, yeah. The, that was yeah. So he, the the billionaire has, has not bought a ticket for his his like little gangsters mall kind of Tamara girl mm. who's had the plastic bit surgery boobs. Yeah. Uh, yes, she's she's a whore. So he like he leaves her behind with everyone else. Yeah, because yeah. she was having an affair with Sergey. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And then she kind of becomes quite a significant character for the next hour. She's the most significant woman for the rest. Pretty of the much, movie. yeah. She has more to do than Amanda Peet does. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, he leaves them all behind. John Cusack try tries to sort of blag his way, uh, but there's there's nothing. So yeah, the Russians they get to go to this this base thing, uh, where they've got like eight arcs that they've built, which are just mm-hmm. these, or essentially just big boats. Mm-hmm. And so they're gonna they're gonna float away when the tsunami hits and uh, manages to get to the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. Now John Cusack and the, and the rest of them they just start walking in the directions that the helicopters flew. Yeah. They bump into some Tibetan monks. Yeah. Um, well, a Tibetan family. Sure. One monk. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was they, just left his training with the Dalai Lama. Yes. He's just got out of his training with the Dalai Lama and just yes. headed off with his family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a joke. There's a scene with old, he has a confrontation with the Dalai Lama. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> just one on one. The Dalai Lama gives him the keys to the van. Does some hokey shit with a cup of tea. <laughs> so, so, so another crappy metaphor. Like yeah, yeah, he yeah. just pours tea into a cup and is like, see, your soul is like this tea overflowing. <laughs> some nonsense, some absolute nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved it. Um, and, uh, yeah, they have a short drive to the, to the place, which means that like they crash landed their plane mm-hmm. essentially within walking distance of exactly where they needed to be yeah. exactly in the world where they needed to be. Yeah. But they thought they were going to crash in the South China sea thousands of miles mm-hmm. away. Yeah. Now That's I have a conspiracy the level of conv- convenience that yeah. was here. I have a conspiracy theory here. Yeah. I think this film, and I've not checked this cause I don't want to like destroy this theory with anything stupid, like the truth, but, uh, <laughs> I think this because this is this. I think this is essentially two. I think this is two movies. Mm-hmm. I think because there's the very impressive, very expensive s- scenes of landmarks being destroyed, you know, mm-hmm. tidal waves, tsunamis, classic Roland Emmerich, mm-hmm. and then you've got all the scenes with John Cusack and his family and Woody Harrelson and all this, and they all look like shit. Yeah, they're all clearly done on a soundstage. All the backgrounds look super flat and fakey, fakey, mm-hmm. and it's just like filler. I think that's there's a version of this movie in which the Tibetan family are the leads and that's the version they sold to all the Asian countries. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> because like you could just do the same movie about, because it feels like their family, they're, all, they're in all, but all of, they're in all of three scenes. Mm-hmm. They're really like, just not really, but, but they're a whole group, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. we see them set up. Um, they could totally be a fa- a, like the, the Asian version of yeah. John Cusack's family. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they'd sell a, Film in which Tibetans are heroes to China, to be fair. But uh, other than that, it's, <laughs> other than that, this theory is watertight. No, it's, yeah. this was very much like God. China really saved us all, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so there's that mm-hmm. at the expense of like moving Tibetans away from their villages. Sure, yeah. It's just great. 
So moving on from that, where are we? So John Cusack and his family have been rescued by the Tibetan family. Oh, yeah. And so they managed to get to... Who, who have a brother who works on building the Ark. That's why they know the way in, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so they get, to, they get to the Arks and they manage to sneak their way in. Apparently there's no security. To be fair, why would there be security? Mm-hmm. They manage to sneak their way in and they get into one of the Arks. But in the bowels. In the, in the bowels of one of the Arks. Now... Right below we, the giraffes. Yes. Giraffe now, shit is raining down on them. <laughs> Now we've already skipped over everybody actually loading up into the arcs, like all the, well, the main ticket holders. Yeah, we find out that we find out from the Chiwetelji for plotline, which we haven't really discussed much, mm. uh, that basically all the tickets have been bought by billionaires. Yes, yeah, basically. So yeah, it, it's a billion euros per seat per seat. Yeah. So the only people being saved from the apocalypse is billionaires and yeah. world leaders. Yeah. So we got like a, a cameo from the Queen. Oh, how I screamed with laughter when that <laughs> shot when that shot happened in the middle of all this action. You see the Qu- Her Majesty the Queen of England yep. in a little purple suit with the corgis, mm-hmm. just like pegging it into the just yeah. like as shuffling as fast as she could into that. Yeah. Oh, that that just that's the kind of silliness I want. That's the kind of silliness <laughs> I want from this movie. Because we didn't talk about the other celebrity cameos. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnie's is great. How did we miss Arnold Schwarzenegger? Arnie's, yeah, he's so so he hits us at the start of the, the yeah. earthquake in LA. He's like, there's nothing to worry about. Because he's it's all fine. It's not him for a start. It's a bad actor doing a terrible impersonation of him. Yeah. But it's making fun of his whole um, when he was governor of California thing. Yeah. It's like, just like in my movie, End of Days, this is not, <laughs> in fact, the end of days. <laughs> and then he gets killed. Yes, yeah. immediately. Immediately, yeah. last 36 hours we had basically zero earthquake activity in southern california which is very rare unlike many of the tough characters i have portrayed in my film full state of mommy why are you sounding so crazy finish your pancakes alcatron it seems to me that the worst is over so yeah they, they load up these ships short large four is like this is very luxurious. This is not okay. We could fit way more people on. He has a, con- a crisis of conscience. Yeah. yeah. Look at all these people who are just like essentially queuing up to get on and like people are stampeding and well, rushing he does and get... knocking themselves off cliffs yeah. and all sorts. Yeah. You're missing another. The reason Chiwis Elijah has a conscience crisis moment is that so the world is ending. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen entire countries have been erupted, have been like literally consumed by tidal waves and you know, there's nothing civilization is destroyed he gets a call on his mobile phone because mm-hmm. phone reception fine like yep, yep. how are the phones still working what <laughs> network is still operating he gets a call from jimmy mystery the guy mm. from the beginning of the film oh yeah who's like oh by the way you know how you prom- how the government promised to save us we're gonna die mm-hmm. so i thought the last thing i do is call you my yep. colleague just before my, my me and my family are you, know, you can actually listen to us die on the phone, which happens like multiple times in this movie as well. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's another weird coincidence thing because that one he's like, so yeah, I'm in like North India um, and I'm about to die from a tsunami that's like hundreds of meters high mm. um, and it's coming from the east. And uh, just thought I'd let you know. Uh, oh, he does as well. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, um, I forgot that he also like foreshadows the tsunami, the, the mega tsunami. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and so like Shota Lige 4 is like, oh, we didn't know that there was going to be one coming from the east. Mm. Um Okay, let's let's build that in. So to, to build that into our countdown. So then the countdown goes like very dramatically counts down way way faster until it gets to like you have twelve minutes. Yeah, which is still uh, want to know how that phone call was made. Yeah, <laughs> go on. But yeah, for whatever reason, they haven't let everyone onto the arcs. Like even actual ticket holders, like the Russians. One, well, one of them's damaged. So if, if you've got tickets to arc number three, uh, you're screwed. Right, got it. Yeah, got it. Um, and the billionaire has tickets to arc number three. Got yeah. it. 
And uh, yeah, Shutter Lodge 4 is like, well, what about all those people, like, you know, the number three ho- ticket holders, and also like all the people who worked on this. Yeah. All the uh, the Chinese laborers and probably Tibetan laborers as what well. What did they think they were building? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Because if mean, they know it's an end of days thing and they know that they don't have a ticket, what mm. is the motivation for doing the work? Yeah. It's not even, you can't even do it for the money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're going to yeah. be dead when this is finished. Like, And like, they probably weren't paid the money. No, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sure that uh, whoever took billion, the Chinese government took all the billions from all the ticket holders. Oh, and, yeah. And did not give that all to the workers. Oh, no, not a penny, but I'm sure. It does feel weird because like, if it's the end of days, what does finance mean? Well, I mean, the survivors are going to have... Like, yeah, in fact, who cares if they're billionaires? Because the, the, there's no economy anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's nothing to spend money on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Shota Large 4 manages to convince them to uh, lower the gates and let everyone on. And uh, yeah, so they managed to do that. Everyone rushes on. And seconds before the tsunamis hit... By the way, how did they guess the exact height that they needed all these things to be for these mega tsunamis? That must be like thousands of meters above sea level. Sure. Because like it's you know. What do you mean the exact height? Elevation. You mean where the dam, where the ark needs to be placed? Yes. Isn't it supposed to be built so that it can withstand the as long as they close the gates, that it can withstand the force of a tsunami? Well, yes, basically, but like they're at the top of sea level. Like, oh, I see. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, when when the tsunamis hit, they're at the at the top. There. What if the tsunami was way way higher than mm-hmm. than they expected? Or way lower, it didn't even make it to that valley. Well, if it's way lower, they're just sitting pretty, surely. I guess, yeah. yeah. I, I guess the idea is that it's the highest point of elevation they can build to that. You know, what else are they going to do? Maybe, yeah, but it was, it was a very convenient height, but whatever. So, yeah, they let everyone on, and then with seconds to spare, they decide they, they, they have to close the doors before they can, you know, like seal everything, start the engines and stuff like that. But because of John Cusack and his gang, clambering through stuff, undoing doors and seals so that they can get they onto the ship. They cause so much damage, yeah. Like, the door won't close anymore. Yeah. Because there's... A Some p- bit of rope gets jammed in. Yeah, gets jammed in the gears. Um, also two human beings, but I guess they just go straight through. One of the Gordon, Gordon, oh, Gordon and the Tibetan guy's leg, yeah. Yeah. Is this when when Gordon dies? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, Gordon, poor, poor, poor heroic Gordon is clambering through, they're all clambering in and then the door is closing and all the mechanics like, you know, just behind them. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Tibetan guy gets his leg trapped and John Cusack like pulls him up and like mm-hmm. manages to save him. And then Gordon's just like, oh no, I'm in trouble too. And, and John Cusack's like, oh no. And then he's <laughs> like, no effort whatsoever. Yeah. And then Gordon just falls to, I can't imagine a worse death than being like crushed <laughs> in, the, you know. Slowly as well. Slowly crushed by mechanical cogs, you know, just yeah. in between the circuits and whatever. Yeah. Yeah dies a horrendous death and yeah. literally is never spoken of again. No. Unmourned. It's so, yeah. so weird. So, yeah, and there's water getting in everywhere. Cause, like, this is the, where it becomes the, literally becomes Titanic. Yeah, because yeah. the back door's still a bit open, so there's water getting in everywhere, and they're drowning. Things are, little compartments are sealing off, so they're all getting separated. But they've got video call with uh, with Elijah 4, yeah. and Shrewd Elijah 4 is like, Wait a minute! I know those people. I met them in Yellowstone. Yeah, he's making chit chat with John Cusack at this moment yeah. when they've got like, and then he's like, "Hey, John Cusack, I really need you to go and uh, empty those gears of all the ropes and stuff that you left in them." But like, could you sign my book as well, please? Because yeah. I love you. <laughs> and so, yeah, John Cusack he, uh, he he becomes a hero for the first time in this movie, mm-hmm. and he holds his breath for a really really long time, and he swims back to the gears where they left all the ropes and Gordon and stuff, and he has to go and you know clear the gears of everything so that they can close. 
um, but he can't quite do it. But then his son shows up, who's also swum down. Yeah. Um, much to the mum's disgust. Um, Which he didn't see. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh my God, what are you... Well, they find a bit of air. He's like, what are you doing here? You should be back there. And he's like, oh, okay, just wanted to help you. Mm. Um, and he's like, oh, well, okay, then I guess while you're here, you can do some help. And he, his, the son actually saves the day. Yeah. Holds the torch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, well, he, just, he holds the torch and finds the thing that's actually blocking as oh, opposed yeah. to the thing that John Cusack was pulling. Mm-hmm. At this point, I was quite thankful that Gordon's body, did, uh, mangled body, did that's just what I was expecting to just like float by. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they clear the gears, they close the thing, so the, sh- the ship can now start its engines. God knows why it couldn't start its engines beforehand, but whatever. It's um, a design flaw. And so it's they, like the hole in the Death Star, no one thought about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they... Uh, they managed to slow down their their collision with Mount Everest, mm-hmm. um, another landmark. Yeah. Drink, and uh, yeah, they're okay. And that's that's it. Well, yeah, and then they like open the doors again thirty days later, and oh, and then well, they 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 reset the clock. So we're now in year one, yeah. month one, day twenty or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they get a report like, oh, turned out Africa was just fine. <laughs> like everyone's <laughs> got flooded. Turns out Africa sitting pretty. You know what? It's taller than before. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the fact that it's taller than before would not not qualify as a drought. Uh, no. That would be that. That seems like it would be a humanitarian disaster waiting to happen as well. Yeah, they yeah. said that the whole African continent just like rose by a hundred feet, a thousand yeah. feet or something. I'm like, that's that's a lot. How do you expect to to get there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand feet. That's it's going to be way way bigger, mm-hmm. and uh, you're going to have a massive cliff to get to at what used to be the coast. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But yeah, that's it. That's the end, yeah. That's 2012. It is, yeah. Well, you you, you explained one of about four plot strands in this movie, but... There's a, to... there's a fair few. Like We we skipped over, I think, one of my favourite bits, which was uh, the end of the White House. Yes. So we've got... Uh, is it Danny Glover? Danny Glover. Yeah. Danny Glover, I always yeah. got Danny Glover and Donald Glover mixed up. Danny Glover is significantly older. I, no, I, I don't get them mixed up visually. Okay. Believe it or not, it's actually their names I get mixed up. Okay. Can you work out why, John? Yes, I can figure out why. Yeah, Thank okay. you. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so I feel like if John Cusack is phoning, is visibly phoning in, Danny Glover is giving this movie far more gravitas than it warrants whatsoever. Yeah, like yeah. he's really like giving it an emotional edge with his whole like dead wife and his relationship with Tandy Newton mm-hmm. and like, yeah, uh, yeah. He, so he's the president and he decides. Obviously, he has a, a, a ticket to the Ark, mm-hmm. but he decides to stay behind as the captain goes down with the ship, kind of thing. Yeah, and then he, yeah, he gets a brutal two part death. Oh, like, it's great. So first of all. The whole of Washington gets covered in ash. Yeah. Um, from uh, Yellowstone, mm-hmm. like I say, the whole country does. Yeah. And uh, then there is then then there is a major earthquake. Mm-hmm. Well, well, first of all, it gets covered in ash, and that's like a major problem. It's not just like a light dusting. Sure. It's like a lot of people are seriously injured, and it's terrible. Then there's a major earthquake. Everybody falls over. <laughs> um, well, you don't you don't really see it. You don't sure, you don't see yeah. much destruction. Uh-huh. The, Washington, the Washington Monument falls over. That's yeah, whatever. And uh, then they cut to him waking up. He's seemingly the only person to wake up of all these people knocked out on the lawn of the White House. Sure. Just in time to see a major tsunami carrying an aircraft carrier named John F. Kennedy. So he gets flattened by his former by his predecessor. Yeah. You know. And this aircraft carrier specifically destroys the White House before the entirety of Washington and presumably presumably the East Coast gets washed away by a tsunami. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Yeah, he, he <clears throat> I think he says like a Dorothy, I'm, I'm coming home, baby. And then he gets <laughs> flattened by his, <laughs> flattened by a boat. What a you know way what to was, go. You know what was missing from this? What? Statue of Liberty. The statue of, Where was she? Oh, it, it, it's a cliche at this point, Harry. Oh. 
I'm not I'm surprised it wasn't seen like floating on the ocean at the end. Just like yeah. just, maybe you know the, the last shot should have been they open up the gate of the ark and like they, they just see clear water in mm-hmm. all directions, just like nothingness, and then just like the flame, the torch just pops yeah. above the waves, just like, <laughs> like America the beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would have been fun. Um there's also you know there weren't enough American flags in this. Oh, I think there were. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know as many. It was, it was, it was, like they normally sort of finish with like the hero American flag behind them. True, true, true. Yeah, it's more implied in this movie. I don't know, hmm. but uh, yeah, there's also a plot line that about, about two old jazz fogies on a boat. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like how they managed to make everybody related as well. Yeah, because one of them is Chiwetel Ejiofor's dad. Yes, and he's on a boat with a guy who's estranged from his son mm-hmm. because he was really mad that his son married an Asian lady. Yes, and so. When he learns the world is ending, he decides to forgive his son and call his son up. Mm-hmm. But he's too late. He phones his son, his little cute little Asian granddaughter or half Asian granddaughter, picks up the phone, hands the phone to her daddy before the old man can apologize and make amends. They are washed away by a tsunami. Yeah. Like, why do I care about this old racist guy's story? <laughs> All the people. Yeah. It's all focused on the wrong people. Yeah. Yeah. So there's those two. Do you know that the actual there was a alternative ending to this film. Oh yeah. That was supposed to set up the sequel even more in which those two old jazz fogies survive. How did that set up the sequel? So yeah, the last, the deleted final scene is that <laughs> the end of the, they get to the, the, the arc is like floating in the ocean whenever they open mm-hmm. the doors and she was like, you gets a phone call. The phone <laughs> networks are still work. I'm not making this up. They're at sea. Yeah. He gets a phone call. <laughs> It's his dad. Wow. Who has survived. Him and his mate are still on the boat. They yep. have survived. Yeah. Wow. And that was that was the original ending. Apparently that was deemed too ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I get it. Because like, then it would be the whole, well, what's the point in building all, all those arcs? We should yeah. just got on regular boats and go yeah. to sea. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. Would have been fun. <laughs> uh, cool. Should we do drinking games? Sure. Go ahead. So I've not got too many this time. Um, although I did come up with a few as we were going along there, but I can't remember them now. Okay, <laughs> cool. Harry, um, not all cylinders today, Harry. Oh, it was like drink for coincidence as one of them. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, well, also down here, I've got drink for just dumb luck. Dumb luck, sure. Because there is there is a lot of that. I'm mm-hmm. very lucky that that ash cloud was very slow in that instance. Well, that's just more <laughs> like action movie logic, really. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or quite lucky that they managed to land that plane within walking distance of exactly where they needed to be. Sure, yeah, everything falls together quite nicely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a drink for on-the-nose, like, painfully on-the-nose dialogue moments. Yeah. Like, for example, yeah, I feel like something's pulling us apart. Mm-hmm. The old jazz fogies on the boats yeah. uh, are singing, it's, before they find out what's going on, they're oh, yeah. singing It's Not the End of the World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of that, yeah. There are some dialogue that I liked. Um, the Augustus gloopy little children, when they're like, you will li- we will live and you will die. <laughs> And the only time that John Cusack made me feel anything like, in resembling enjoyment with his performance is when they're driving in LA mm-hmm. and there's, of course, you've got to have a shot of two old ladies who are just like, oh yeah, yeah, just like cluelessly driving. And one of the old ladies just says something like, hold on to the eggs, dear. And then John <laughs> Cusack just goes, move it, you old bag. <laughs> And I enjoyed I enjoyed John Cusack's delivery of that. See, it's bits like that that I yeah, thought like yeah. John's gonna love this. Yeah, yeah. Come on, you old bags. That was it was that was entertaining. So, yeah. And then they die seconds later. And then and the two old ladies just get killed. They bite it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. 
Drink for a new vehicle. Oh, drink for a vehicle, yes. Yeah, because they change vehicles a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this movie was certainly sponsored by Bentley. Yeah. No question. So they start off in a limo, mm -hmm. they go to a small plane, they go to Woody, Woody Harrelson's truck, mm -hmm. then they go to, back to the small plane, then they go to a big plane, then they go to the the, the Dalai Lama's like pickup truck. Yeah. Um, and then, I guess, to the Ark. Yeah. Yeah, they, they go all kinds of vehicles on this. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, very good. Drink for... Titanic moments. Drink for moments. Oh, yeah. They're just like, oh, this is just taken straight out of Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, drink for hats. Drink for hats. Yes, I noticed this too. There was some good yeah. hat work in this movie. For whatever reason, the little girl always has to wear a hat. She is, yeah. There's always a different hat. And no point does anyone tell anyone to hold on to their hats, though. I feel like that's a missed <laughs> opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Drink every time Yuri, the Russian billionaire, mm -hmm. says, is good. <laughs> or is not good <laughs> that comes up a lot he's very often saying is good or is not good I, I liked it when uh the kids were like wow that's a really big plane he's like yes it's the russian is russian plane <laughs> he was also like schmacking it up i liked him yeah. I it. like his acting was all like, everything was like super slow and super deep his lips were just like out mm -hmm. like a meter away from the rest of his face everything was just so like chewed it was like he, he was chewing wasps while speaking it was mm -hmm. just like yeah I, and we haven't talked about his death yeah yeah that is a that's a good moment he gets a good he gets a good death yeah so just as like everyone's piled onto the uh on, on, on onto the ark so after mm -hmm. sure managed to convince him to open the doors the drawbridge let's call it mm -hmm. um because they were hiding underneath that to yeah. stop themselves from getting pushed off that uh crevice yes so as the doors come up they quickly like get upwards as quick as they can mm -hmm. for uh, three quite round people. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the kids gets up and then the other kid can't quite get up. So he picks the kid up, <laughs> throws it up in the air. The way he flings this child tickled me so much. Yeah. It really, it was like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I don't even, it was like he was cannonballing it. Like the kid yeah. was like a basketball. I yeah. wish they'd even made it funnier. Like the kid was just like in, in a ball, just like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. He flings this child onto yep. the. Uh, I wanted him to miss. <laughs> I wanted him to miss and the kids just like fall down. It's oh. like, no. They were horrible children, Harry. They were not nice children. Sure, but they're still children. I don't care. No, they should have killed at least one of those twins. Well, at one point, those kids do have a bit of a. Like you see that they've got, they, they've got some sort of relative emotion because. They're talking to the other kids mm. and they're like, oh yeah, Gordon's not our dad. He's our stepdad. And they're like, oh, our parents are divorced too. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, like you're dicks, but you do have some sadness to you. That's oh, a low bar, Harry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They're children. Kill them. Kill them both. Okay. Or at least one of them. Yeah. They're twins. There's a spare. Get rid of one. <laughs> <laughs> Would have made the dad's death funnier. But yeah, and then the dad just like falls. The, the, the old the Russian guy just falls. Mm-hmm. To his death, but a very slow motion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, drink for a landmark. Drink for a God, I mean, have we ever seen? It's just so, so many, but it's great. Oh, I just uh, find it numbing at this point. One of my favorites was when they were in uh, the Vatican City. The Pope's just given a big address to that whole square, that yeah. Vatican Square. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is absolutely. The Pope has a cameo in this movie. Yeah. And is killed. 
And then, so the Dalai the Lama. Pope, the Pope, the Dalai Lama. Yeah. There's a lot. Well, yeah. One of mine was like when religious people die, drink when religious people die. There's a big element of like, fuck you to this movie of religious people. Yeah. Like it's, uh, well, there's also that uh, Jesus statue when Rio de Janeiro yeah. falls down. It's all very, where is your God now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I'm sure the exact same shots. I actually thought this was a little bit insensitive because I remember this from Independence Day as well. There's a lot of shots of like Indian people like praying. Yeah, you know, like, like you know, they know the world is ending, and they're all like, you know, praying and whatever, and worshiping, and then they all get killed. Yep. and it's just a bit like because none of these, none of these people are characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like they don't get arcs. It's just like, oh, look, let's use them all as props and kill them all. Yeah, it, it's a bit gross, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I always get serious for a moment, but it was yeah. Well, of the religious ones, yeah, they don't, but like some Indians, they do get. Some, get, some, oh, some, I'm sorry. Well, you're what, right. Jimmy what? Mystery's wife gets the very rewarding role of her one line being, "I made that fish curry you like." <laughs> no, I was I was about to talk about the guy who literally discovered it all. Who was supposed to get that airlift? Jimmy didn't. Mystery, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he yeah. doesn't. Have, you can't say he's a major character. No, no, but he's not just like he's he's not cannon fodder, is he? He's, he's, he's not. I'd say he pretty much is. He's, he's exposition well, then cannon fodder. He he's in two scenes. He sure, but it's like his death means something. Because it, it really, it shakes through to Elijah 4 into like saying, no, we need to like let all these people on. And like, you know, it, yeah, sure. it's not a meaningless death. No, it's not. I'm just where, saying. Where, that, whereas yeah. like all, like these other examples you're giving of mm-hmm. other religious people just praying, those are definitely just meaningless deaths because yeah. they're not characters. But anyway, in the Vatican City, this yeah. one was a bit on the nose too, sure. because uh, <laughs> there are all the, what do you call the higher religious people that aren't quite the Pope? The Cardinals? Sure. Yeah. Um, they're all in the uh, in in the Sistine Chapel, mm-hmm. and they're looking up at that fancy ceiling. The um, Sistine Chapel. Yes. Yeah. That's what I just said. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then a quick happens and it starts cracking, and uh, those two that are like <laughs> just touching fingers or whatever, like the crack comes between the fingers, and then the whole thing falls down, and the, and then the whole thing shifts and just like rolls over and just smushes all the people in the square. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. This film is made for trailers. It really was. <laughs> it's it's all trailers. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Two and a half hour trailer. Yeah. Uh, okay. Drink every time a woman does something useful. You won't get very far. Yeah, I was trying to think. Yeah. Mm. Great. Yeah. I mean, Tamara gets some stuff. So, so the Russian plastic surgery lady, Tamara, mm-hmm. she, in the second half of the movie, she really blossoms from being like a, a kind of extra to being like a real character. Yeah. There's a scene where she rescues her. There's a dog, which, of course, the dog has to survive. Yes. Yeah. These movies never kill dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's got this little, like, shit looking thing. I don't know. Mm. Uh, it gets separated from her because I guess it belongs to the kids, the fat kids. Yeah. Uh, so they take the dog when she gets left behind for having an affair. And then when she gets onto the boat later with John Cusack and the family, she sees... She, she must have eagle, like, X-Men level yeah. eagle <laughs> eyes because in a throng of people, like, desperately mm-hmm. trying to survive, like, thousands of people, mm-hmm. she spots this teeny tiny little dog. Yep whistles the dog hears the whistle from yep. all of that stuff and then the dog has its own little hero shot which is like it does a tightrope it does it all this dog <laughs> is the action star of this movie mm-hmm. and then the dog manages to yeah get all the way to tomorrow get onto the arc and then as the door is closing tomorrow just gets to give uh, yuri the billionaire just gives him the finger mm-hmm. Which he, which he definitely did not see, and she risked losing her arm at that point. So mm-hmm. it was a big. I thought she does. I mean, he, realistically, he he wouldn't see it because yeah. the distance is insane. Yeah, but it it show, it plays like he's seen it. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, sure. he kind of goes. Ugh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so drink whenever drunk. Yusak is a bad dad or a bad employee. 
Yes. Like, like as a driver. Mm-hmm. I had drink for sunglasses because he spends most of his movie in shades, which yeah. just makes his acting seem even more like half-assed. Yeah. It's like he's not even showing his face. Yep. Uh, drink every time the camera lingers on Scotty's perturbed face. Do you remember Scotty? No. Scotty's an extra character in this, like more, more more an extra than a character. He's the but he gets a lot of facial reaction shots. He's the guy who Chirotel Edgier for takes the jacket from mm-hmm. at the beginning when he goes into Oliver Platt's party. Oh yeah, yeah. Him and he's also on the arc a lot. He's just he doesn't really have anything to do, but he's just always do, he's always the reaction shot for some reason. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought he was that was funny because he wasn't really a character. Cool. Uh, yeah, so that's me done. Okay, I've got one more. Drink whenever you kind of agree with Oliver Platt. Go on. Oliver Platt, you know who he is, right? No. No. He is the White House guy who declares himself president at, sure. on the arc. Yep. When it's like, oh, the president's dead, the vice president died off screen, mm-hmm. and we can't find the head of the, the leader of the house, so that means I'm in charge now. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess he's as close to a villain as this movie gets, yeah. as like a human villain. Yeah. And a lot of the time, I don't agree with his policy of like Billy, only saving the billionaires. Mm-hmm. Like that's obviously terrible, and you know, but when they're on the arc and Chiwetel Ejiofor is doing his whole "We should save everyone" speech, and mm-hmm. and he's and Oliver Platt's like, "Well, that's a nice story, but if you let all these people on them, there's gonna be no food, there's gonna be no oxygen, we're all gonna die, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna wipe out humanity just so you can feel better about yourself." Yeah, and I'm kind of like. He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty stupid. Like, where is the food going to come for all these people? Yeah. Like, you know. Well, they've got some zoo animals that they probably Well, yeah, you just chow down on to... giraffe meat for a while. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So <laughs> yeah, just a lot of the time, Oliver Platt is supposed, is the villain of this piece, but lot, there were more than one occasion when I was like, well, in the circumstances, he's kind of talking the most sense. Yeah. Maybe that reflects badly on me. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a middle ground, but you can't really get that middle ground when there's a, a stampede, you know, you want to yeah, let yeah, some yeah. of them on. So, yeah, no, I got it. Yeah, but that's me done. Cool, okay. Well, listeners, if you enjoyed that so far and you want to hear more drinking games and more sequel ideas and stuff like that, then you can go to patreon.com slash set where you can get extended version of this very episode. Mm-hmm. You'll also get a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set where we, we review recent releases. And by recent... Uh, I think our next episode is going to be Cruella, which isn't quite recent. Been out recent, for a while. But yeah. it's free on Disney Plus now, so... So we're watching it, yeah. We're, yeah. We haven't been able to go to the cinema recently. Yeah. Also, you can have a 30-second advert slot right here on the main show. And also, once a month, or every now and then, uh, we do a Patreon episode where we get Patreon on and they can pick the form for us. You can guest if you want to, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. I believe we've got one coming up next week. We do, yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah tune into the end of this episode to find out what film that's going to be and who that's going to be with mm-hmm. right so all that available at patreon.com slash beyond the box set indeed bonjour tout le monde I'm Finn and every Tuesday I host a podcast called Passport People in which I talk to people from around the world about the places that matter to them what is so special about each location what makes each place tick where are they headed to join us on our round the world trip talking to a diverse range of fascinating people from an incredible variety of professional and cultural backgrounds search for passport people in spotify itunes or wherever you get your podcasts right so sequel mm-hmm. i've got one do you want to go first sure mine is called 2012 years later okay i'm intrigued so this is set in uh 
well, what they would refer to as the year 2012. But if you remember, they... they, 4,024? Yeah, exactly, because they reset their clock to zero. Uh So we're going to see... We're going to, first of all, we're going to see how humanity has evolved after the events of of 2012. Okay, interesting. Because, you know, the world basically had to start again. Mm -hmm. So firstly, everyone thought that the arcs that were built were going to be the only thing to survive. Mm -hmm. But it's completely wrong. Yeah, Africa was fine. Just chilling. Yeah, because like, though North America was largely devastated by like volcanic eruptions, earthquakes and tsunamis, along with like many other places in the world, a lot of places weren't that badly hit. Like, Mm -hmm. still pretty bad, but wasn't like annihilating. Mm -hmm. So South America, for example, they had some pretty major earthquakes and like tsunamis up and down the east and west coasts. But some of those colonies in the center of the the Amazon rainforest... Mm -hmm mostly fine, fine yeah there's yeah. some quite high elevation in yeah central and south america right? exactly. Be quite high up, yeah. exactly yeah so 2012 years later they've expanded to cover most of the south Af- south american continent okay those they still keep their values of uh isolation then oh so these the are like the, the uncontacted tribes yes okay yeah they're now like dominant in that part of the world yes sure okay interesting yeah most of the african coast is uh quite far away from any tectonic plates so even though like only its coastal countries had uh, major damage happen and you mm-hmm. know a, a lot of destruction. The center of it, mostly all right. Yeah. So there's actually quite a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. A lot, lot of, uh, lot of African surviving, and also with the uh, the main technology of you know the Chinese and all the world countries coming together arrived on the, on their doorstep. You know with the arcs, mm-hmm. they've really become sort of a technological and cultural center of sure, the, yeah. of, of the planet. Okay. Also, because of all the increased ash and smoke and stuff in the air from all the destruction that happened, there's been some global cooling. Yeah. And uh, the Sahara has actually uh, grown over. Okay. It's, now, it's it, now like a lush tropical paradise. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like very resource heavy. Mm-hmm. So Africa is like that is the place to be. Sure. It's got yeah. resources. It's got the people. It's got the culture. It's got the technology. It's got everything. Sounds great. Yeah. It's where you want to be. So there's one other superpower that actually survived. Another superpower. Oh, world superpower. Yes. Okay. Um, that that, uh, that that actually survived. Uh-huh. That's not really close to any major tectonic plates. Uh-huh. It's not really very close to any. It doesn't have many coastlines that would that would have many tsunamis. Can you guess what it is? Is it us? Nope. Okay. <laughs> we definitely have coastline. We're an island. True. Yeah, but we don't have like tsunamis though. Um, Switzerland. Nah. It's big. Big. Russia. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. So I'm gonna say. Russia probably survived yeah, sure. fairly all right because mm-hmm. like there's a lot of it and a lot of it is not actually particularly close to the Atlantic or the Pacific Oceans. True, yeah. You know, they might have had some spillage that came over the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure, okay, yeah. But uh, other than that, they're still going kind of strong and, you know, Russia's been left alone for 2,000 years. They've become one hell of a dictatorship. Wow, okay, yeah. That place is messed up. Well, I mean, their prime minister, the, the Putin-like character, he went on the arc, though, so... Yeah, maybe a power vacuum. Okay, sure. So Russia is now the dominant superpower in the world. It's one of. Okay, Russia versus Africa. Um, and I'm also going to say that, that uh, Russia, because they actually had a, a space... Program? Space, thank you, a space program. That's still going to be going, and actually going quite strong. Okay. So... Russia, though, they don't really have many of the, the resources on the on the actual planet itself. Mm-hmm. They're in pretty well in space. Okay. Whereas, like, Africa is, like, you know, it's kind of like the land of the free. Like, everyone lives there. All the different cultures all kind of mm-hmm. came back to Africa. Sure. And then South America is... Uh, kind of isolationist and doing their own thing, yeah. Basically, yeah. Okay. Um, North America's a write-off. 
Yeah, it's just, just gone. Just, just yeah. ignore that. Europe is gone. Australia sank away. Okay. Like, yeah. Where is this going? So, our story... <laughs> Our story is going to pick up when some South American teenagers um, go on a road trip north of their border in Central America. Okay. They're rebelling a little bit. They don't want to be so isolationist. Oh, like, okay. We're going to go and see what's up there, up okay. in Central America, and maybe get to North America. Is know. North America just still under the water, though, or is it just like been washed away and now it's back, but there's no one living there anymore? Basically, yeah. It's like unlivable. I don't, yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm not too sure. But yeah, so uh, they're going on a road trip to Central America, and they want to find what remains of the home of the Mayans. Mm-hmm. Because remember, the Mayans actually predicted 2012. Oh, so we're finally bringing it back to the premise that this movie promised and never delivered, yeah. which is it's about the Mayan calendar. Okay, yeah. sure, yeah. And so they go and they, they find wherever that is. And they find a cave which has a Mayan calendar in it. And uh, one of them observes that the calendar is actually a circle. And one of them eerily speculates that, like, calendars don't end. They repeat. Oh, so it's like a loop. It's like a time loop. Yeah. And they all look at each other in horror as they realise, and one of them looks at his, at his watch in camp shock, and it shows the time, 12 minutes past 8pm on the 20th of December, 2012. It's about to start And again. they all chant, 2012, 2012, 2012. Oh no. It's going to happen again. And so they run back to their vehicle or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, race back to the rest of the Oh, their, so they're all like in cars and stuff. It's like modern times have redeveloped. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Maybe it's like, it's modern times, but... It's not quite where we were, so maybe they're like driving cars from the eighties or something. Okay, but that's sure. what they think of as like the best technology. So they're isolate. They're just descended from isolationist Amazon rainforest dwellers. Yes, but now they're driving like Mini Coopers. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to get a picture in my head of what yeah, this yeah, is. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So they get back to their civilization and they spread the word mm-hmm. quickly. They're like, shit's about to, shit might be about to go down. If we're mm-hmm. right, shit's going to go down. Mm-hmm. And so. Their their culture their, their government decides to break their silence with the other, with the rest of the world and say like okay it's not fair for us to know this and no one else to know. So it. they try and spread the word. So okay. They try and spread the word. They reach out to to Africa and to Russia and they say look this is this is what's happening. Just thought we'd let you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Bye. And <laughs> uh, that's us out. Mic drop. And so I'm going to say that in Africa in you know, a very sort of science and technology based place there's a similar thing happening as happened in india last time mm-hmm. like a big mine or whatever they dig down deep and they find oh, the water's boiling so the technology plates are going to start shifting again yeah. yeah okay and russia with its great space force they look at the sun they're like oh, solar flares no mm-hmm. and uh shit's gonna happen again uh but this time they have contingency plans oh, okay so they had prepared for this eventuality this time yes and that's where i've got to to be honest okay what sort of contingency plans do you think it would be just like everyone rushed to the center of the continents well, you'd hope they'd have better technology, yeah. Or maybe it's all just like everyone, it's like evacuate the planet and get to space if the Russians are so good at the space race. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. And so maybe it becomes a whole sort of political thing about, well, we would like to take some space on your Russian ships, please, Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, maybe the Russians don't want to share. Mm. Mm. Something like that. Yeah. And then it, it kind of repeats the original one. It's kind of like, well, who does who do, who deserves to escape and who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. So I got to this bit and I was like, great. And then we have all the destruction of the landmarks and stuff. I'm like... I know, there's nothing left that yeah. we would recognize mm. unless they like rebuilt all the landmarks specifically. Well, you can design brand new ones, yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it loses the recognizability factor, sure. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe they've like rebuilt all of their landmarks, but no pictures of them survived. So it's all like <laughs> off, off brand. <laughs> so like it's the, it's the leading tower of Eiffel. Yeah, everything just looks a little bit wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the leading tower leans the wrong way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mount Rushmore, just it's, it's, it's the wrong presidents. It's, it's the really forgettable one. It's like right, Taft yeah. or something. And, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and Trump. I don't know. It's not good. Uh, just the only ones they could find any pictures of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm down for it just being a rehash of the original yeah. at this point. I also had a sequel pitch that was set 2012 years in the future. Actually, it okay. had a similar kind of like repeating itself kind of thing. Mm-hmm. My one was the idea that if John Cusack's stupid, stupid book is the only thing that's <laughs> the only work of literature that survives, I was thinking 2012 years later, society is like again reestablished itself and mm-hmm. you know come back from the brink and start to spread out again maybe his stupid book is now the bible and you know or some variation of the bible and he's considered like a, a messiah figure yeah so they've completely misinterpreted what his story was and a lot of it's passed into fiction mm-hmm. but there's still elements of the truth to it so mm-hmm. i was just thinking what would a society look like if it was built around worshiping john cusack's character in this movie <laughs> and his te- and his teachings wow okay so he's, he's God Cusack. Basically, yeah. 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 That's all I had with that, but... Everything would be very cliched. Yeah. Um, and I reckon that people would live, like... They would, they would just follow his book down to the letter. But yeah. then maybe also misinterpret it. Yeah. Well, I like the idea that his book was just full of stupid, hackneyed, like, self-help stuff. And that's mm-hmm. just become, like... That's become the ethos of the whole planet now. Everyone's yeah. just very self-helpy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe we could even do a um, a flashback to the the year zero like our, yeah. our year zero mm-hmm. and it turns out that the bible was just that and that it was it was written by jesus and he was just an author who didn't do very yeah. well well this is the thing i'm thinking it's like it's <laughs> like it's a loop so we get to the point in this film when it turns out that it's happening again and they try and survive based on the teachings of john cusack yeah and then it just it just keeps i guess it just keeps repeating every two every 2012 years i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so that was one idea i had i guess that kind of feeds him with yours uh my other couple, I just had some small ideas this week. I didn't have any big ones. Mm-hmm. My second idea was based on the, are you done? Yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. My second idea was based on this weird notion that that throwaway land at the end, oh, well, Africa's fine. We'll just go to Africa. Yeah. So an arc filled with white billionaires, prim- primarily white billionaires, <laughs> but you know, billionaires, generally billionaires are the worst people in the world. Yes. You know, these are people who've haunted, who've like, you know, basically exploited the planet for their own personal gain to, incredible excess mm-hmm. and basically bought their survival and now all the billionaires rock up on this arc after that month in the sea mm-hmm. in africa mm-hmm. and all the african people have survived obviously and they're like hey we survived yeah do you think they're gonna get much of a warm welcome the africans <laughs> the, the billionaires the billionaires uh probably not no no I've, i don't think so ever no and i, I kind of like that idea right they yeah. think they're gonna be able to like oh we're just gonna we'll just colonize africa it'd be great it's all ours <laughs> Uh, and then the African were like, uh, no. <laughs> Maybe you can have like just a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, just like the tiny, tiny, tiny little island somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can just call it Billionaire's Island. Yeah. Well, I was, th- I was thinking more it could be like them trying to adapt into, into a society that no longer values them. Right. Yeah. All these billionaires trying mm-hmm. to like, yeah. Really... Trying to offer money and stuff. Yeah. Like... But money has no value anymore no. because this, the entire world, you know, the whole concept of money doesn't, has, has you know, disappeared essentially because... Yeah. The and the thing that becomes worth something is like, yeah, we know how to get food. Yeah, practical skills that these billionaires don't have. Yeah. So yeah, could could be a comedy. Could be. I must, it could be like a. <laughs> it could be like a. I don't know why I'm thinking. It could be like a Kimmy Schmitty kind of. I don't know. Just like a concept mm-hmm. comedy, like a sitcom or something. Or yeah, I don't know. But that yeah. was that was that was just a, a thought I had. My most, and I, I, my most advanced idea, and it's not that advanced, is uh, it based around. So they're on the arc. In this one, they're on the arc. They're, they're, maybe the ending was a bit of a false ending when they opened the doors. Maybe they need to close the doors again and stay locked down. Mm-hmm. So they're trapped in the arc. 
it's massively overpopulated because of QSL, Edge of Fuzz, mm-hmm. let's save everyone idea. Yeah. So now the Ark is over overfilled and undersupplied like food and water and oxygen are rapidly dwindling mm-hmm. so you know tensions are very high it's a very tense situation and the situation only gets worse when people start turning up dead oh. there is a killer loose on the ark ah right okay it's like a horror movie mm-hmm. set because it, it, rather than just repeats 2012 plot beats just make it a horror movie mm-hmm. and so basically i'm going to skip to the reveal i'm thinking that gordon didn't die <laughs> Gordon, what? Gordon didn't die. He was horribly, horribly disfigured by being mangled. Right. But then he somehow managed to survive. Maybe he managed to, maybe he like managed to pull himself into a giraffe enclosure or something. And he lived, but he's so disfigured that giraffe he, saved him with, with his long neck. Sure, something. Yeah. Or he, maybe he just he, he survived by eating giraffe. That's probably more realistic. And maybe because of his injuries with his gears, he now has an elongated neck himself. Maybe. Yeah, he's one with the giraffes. But I'm thinking of it as kind of a Phantom of the Opera kind of thing, where he's like, sure. he's so hideously disfigured that he doesn't want to show his face to Amanda Peet's character. Mm-hmm. So instead he's like hiding in the machinery like mm. of the of the Ark, yeah. in the ventilation systems and stuff, and spying on everyone, but they don't know that he's spying on them because they think he's dead. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Amanda Peet doesn't give a shit that he's died, forgets him instantly, gets straight back with John Keyes out without a second thought. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the film, they're obviously back together. Yeah. Combined with his horrendous injuries, drives him insane. Yeah. And he becomes an insane, twisted killer. All right. And then he starts sense. picking off the rest of the our main characters. I mean, mm. there's some prams. I mean, Oliver Platt, I'm surprised didn't die in the original movie. He seemed like a classic, you know, villain's got to die. But he, mm-hmm. he lived, didn't he? he didn't, they yeah, didn't no, kill he, off yeah, him. Yeah, he lived. Yeah, so maybe he's like one of the first people. And then, yeah, I just think Gordon, it'd be really funny to have Gordon, um, yeah, stalking the Ark, murdering people. Yeah, I like that. And actually, maybe Tamara survives as well, because she also had a horrible death. She had a horrible death. Did she? Plastic surgery lady, yeah, she drowned, but like really, like in a very terrifying and traumatic way, when she's trapped in that little cell and it's filled in with water. Does she drown? Yeah, she drowns, she dies, yeah. You sure? Um, yeah, Tamara, the blonde one, yeah. Huh. No, I missed that. Yeah, no, she dies. But well, in my version, she doesn't. Maybe her and I feel like I her could, boobs. I could swear she didn't. I could swear that that uh, Charlotte Elijah Four and somebody else they got down there. But like, no, they the, saved the, the kid, gate, but the she dies. They saved the little girl who's in with her, but she she can't get out in time. Oh yeah, because she got the girl just over the yeah yeah. She she died a hero like Gordon and oh, was right. unmourned and un- unmentioned by anyone. Oh yeah, no, I completely forgot. There you go. Even the even, <laughs> even as viewers, she's not doesn't get respect. <laughs> But maybe like, yeah, maybe her plastic boobs were like a good flotation device or she could get some oxygen out of them. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, So she survives. Her and Gordon are like these twisted freaks, you Mm -hmm. know, like like disfigured freaks. Um, You know, maybe her boobs exploded. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Well, this film is really ragging on people with plastic surgery. I'm just following the theme. Um, Yeah, but I like the idea of them being like twisted freaks, like the Phantom of the Opera, just like living in the the bowels of the ship and just like tormenting people and killing them. Mm. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Amanda Pete and John Cusack are obviously the last two, and then there's a confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's Sounds, a horror movie. Sounds Twen- ridiculous. 2012, a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. This, this is very hard to write sequels for films that have no plots. Sorry. Especially when we've done it like five times before. The exact <laughs> same film. <laughs> so was, all right. Um, all right then. Uh, should we move on to listener submissions? Yeah. We have a handful this week. So Vanessa Riley said 2013. It's an obvious sequel, just the next yep. what happens next year. Yep. Rochelle Williams said, We'll call it twenty twenty five, so it doesn't similarly happen in such a short time. So I guess we're coming right up to it again. Great. Right. Uh, Dave McCormick said, twenty twelve, it's really just a remaster of Waterworld with a D aged John Cusack digitally replacing Kevin Costner. I like that. Because <laughs> it is it is like Waterworld. 
Maybe bit. Waterworld it, is the unofficial sequel to 2012. Yes, that or would pre- make more sense. Yeah. yeah. The world gets destroyed and then they're left on these weird floating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could totally tie those films together. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah, definitely. One. Tim Morgan said 2020, after the previous four years of hell, time travelers go back to 2012 to ensure that the world does end. Because mm-hmm. they, they realize what actually came after wasn't worth living through. So they decide that it's time to just make sure. It, yeah. It, the theory is that every, everything peaked in 2012. And after yeah. that, it's all, it's all been downhill since 2012 anyway. So you might as well just wipe us out then. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And then the previous movie ensues. Over on Twitter, Rabbit Hole Podcast at RBBT Hold Podcast said, Roland Emmerich's 2020. So again, mm-hmm. just 2020, a disaster movie directed by Roland yeah, Emmerich. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cinema Craptaculous at Craptaculous said, it's 2022, 10 years after the fateful events of 2012. Jackson Curtis, that is um, John Cusack, yeah. says, has tossed the limo business aside for a gondola business called the Cape of Good Hope to get here. Unbeknownst to all, the events of 2012 unleashed prehistoric beasts that are living in the center of the earth. Ah, okay. oh, I like that. Now, with dinosaurs wanting to take over the earth, it's up to the gondola driving John Cusack to outrun the prehistoric predators before they can take over the earth again. Nice. It's 2022. Cape, hope for the future. Ooh, okay. That's yeah. good. So yeah, it's like the end of the world has brought like Godzilla and Mothma mm-hmm. out of the center of the earth. That's cool. And finally, Quiz and Hairs at Quiz and Hairs just said, I thought 2021 was the sequel to 2012. It certainly felt that way. <laughs> Indeed. Mm. Indeed. So thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week a few days before we record by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, in all of which you can also leave us a review if you so wish. You can also support us on Patreon for as much or as little as you think we're worth to access all the bonus features that Harry mentioned earlier. You can find all the links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. Mm-hmm. And next week, Harry, we do, as mentioned, have another guest on. Yes. Long-time friend of the show, Martin Gardner, is making his first appearance. He's, ah, he's a, right. a good friend of ours, mm-hmm. uh, a, a real-world friend who's also yeah. been a good supporter of the show. We look forward to It's a long time coming. We're long welcome. overdue, yeah. Long overdue arrival. And yeah, he's chosen a film for us. Yep. And I'm afraid, Harry, just when you thought you'd got out of the classic cinema, mm. I'm afraid we're pulling you back in. Because... Um, Martin has requested the film that's often voted one of the top five greatest movies of all time. That really puts me off. Yeah, you've not had, <laughs> you've not had a good track record with this yeah. kind of achievement, but nevertheless, uh, we're doing Casablanca. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have always meant to watch it. Yeah, it's one of those ones it, that I feel like you should watch. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always been on my list of things to watch because, like, it's very quotable. Very, very quotable. Very, very famous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't even know what it's about. Yeah. Um. So yeah. All right. Guess we'll find out. Cool. Great. How long is it? I don't know. Okay. I think it's under three hours. So, you know. Uh, uh, You're not even confident. (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't be sure, but I think. (laughs) Okay. Cool. Great. Well, see you next week, listeners, for Casablanca. Yeah. See you next time. Bye. Bye. I don't know, honey. I just feel like there's something pulling us apart.